Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who are now older than every active player in the NFL. What's up, Gene and Nico? Nico, very dramatic entrance. <laughs> I mean, he forgot that we were on. He's just had that thing on since last since two weeks ago. <laughs> Nico, are you going to retire? Do we need to? Is there going to be any sort of debate? Guys, the audio, the audio. What, I'm, the audio. I'm, I'm hearing like crazy, crazy. <laughs> From you two. Is anybody really? else hearing this? No, you yeah, sound great. Right now. Sounds it sounds okay to me. I don't know. <laughs> well, Dude, why don't you introduce yourself first and then we'll you don't have to talk anymore. <laughs> it's it's really bad. I'll I'll leave and I'll come back. Okay, try that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not hearing it. <laughs> what is happening? Well, I'm Gene Zilak. You can find me on Twitter at producer Gene. You can find the show at Potadelphia because there's not anybody else around anymore to give that plug. So, all right, great stuff. Um, so I I, I kind of want to start the night by by talking about the the Sixers tonight Gene because I mean I feel like we've kind of um I don't know we, we since since our season preview with uh Jason Blevins we haven't really delved too much into the world of Sixers outside of you know some smatterings of like you know Ben Simmons trade conversations and I just feel like I don't know this month of January we really just like the Sixers just really hit the accelerator yeah they sort of arrived um I think part of it might have been that we all we're sort of waiting as the trade deadline approached that maybe something would happen with Ben Simmons, which would sort of force us to have a more serious conversation about where the Sixers are headed. Um, I think we need to have a more serious conversation about where the Sixers are headed, but I think that we have the team that's headed there. I don't know that anything's going to happen in terms of Ben Simmons this year. I think that the Sixers have made the decision that they're just going to leave him in the position that he's at. He made his decision. They've made theirs. Uh, you know, they'll let the lawyers work it out later or, or let the banks work it out later. But as far as basketball is concerned, the Sixers have their team. They've managed to get themselves in a pretty damn good position in the East without having a $30 million player. And um, yeah, no. So nice. Uh, nice to have you back, Nico. Wow. That Any was better? crazy. Yeah, this is perfect now. Okay, great. No, we're, we're, we're we're talking Sixers, and I was just thinking about, um, you know, we had Jason Blevins on before the season started to give us like a Sixers preview, and it's funny because I, I I specifically asked him, is this a season that we can get excited about? And you know, with the Ben Simmons issue, if Ben Simmons wasn't going to play, you know, and some of the other, you know, you know, Springer wasn't really like the rookie that we were thinking, you know, that, that was really going to contribute. And he said, I don't know, you're going to get excited about a fifth seed team. In the East, like, I don't know if you can get excited about that, you know, you can get, get excited about this season. And it's like, wow, the, the Sixers have really hit the accelerator just as the Eagles have, like, the coda to the Eagles season has concluded. The Sixers just really kind of just, like, buoyed us all up again. Yeah, definitely pumped me up. First of all, thanks so much for having me. 
again to join you guys. I'm oh, sorry always. about the uh, technical difficulties that I experienced. You know, like when I signed on, you guys were going, roll, 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 roll. the audio is crazy. It was definitely something that happened on my end. That might be something we sound like all the time to everybody. You know, it's just these guys to are just my, like, wah, wah, wah. To my wife, I'm sure I sound like that <laughs> all the time. We're like the peanuts but, uh, teachers here. But you're, yeah, in, man, you're in the I teacher's don't... lounge at the, at the peanuts <laughs> elementary school. I am in the teacher's office. Does anybody else kind of feel like you're playing a little bit with house money with the Sixers right now? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's so much drama, so much that they should be distracted by. And here we are. They're just, well, to me, I feel like this is the year that they're drama free. This is the most drama free year at least the the team has ever been through i mean we're getting caught up in this like ben simmons crap but if the players are just like dude that guy is gone right now we're not worried Mm -hmm. about him this is our team and we just play every night then they're relatively drama free i mean there was a little bit of tobias like tobias got booed and like danny green was like don't boom and and tobias was like it's fine and then it all went away right do you think they're playing this well in spite of the Ben Simmons situation? Well, I, do you, you mean in spite of or as, do you mean because yeah. of? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> but do you think that they used that, that that situation as, I don't know, motivation to play even better? To even find more common ground as a team? Be more cohesive? Hey, I mean, like, maybe Maxi is just taking on this, like, Roger Maris Oh, man. Mantle, and it's just like, hey, man, if you don't want to be here, I do. And I'm going to make the most of every single opportunity. And if you're just going to want, want to waste your, you know, your your 25 year old year of NBA prime being being a baby about stuff, then I. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll take advantage of that. And I love that mentality. Now, how do you guys feel about the prolonged narrative of the Sixers are wasting Embiid's prime by delaying the whole Ben Simmons get the hell out of town story. I don't know mm-hmm. that Joel Embiid is letting you um, delay his prime. I think that he's that good. Nice, um, Gene. I think that uh, he is close to the most dominant, if not certainly the most dominant big man in the league. He may be the overall most dominant player considering sort of his surrounding cast that he is definite. He does not have a clear second all-star. I think he has a couple of really, really good pieces around him. And I think that Maxi is going to be at the, you know, at the very least a, an all-star eventually. Um, so it, it's, that's, that's sort of the, the best way I can put it is Joel and beats not going to let you waste his prime because He's so dominant, and the sport of basketball, since there's only five guys on the court, one guy who's playing that well can sort of propel you in spite of all of the other things, if he is that good. We've seen other players be that good. We saw uh, young Shaq sort of be that good uh, when he was playing for Orlando. Can you win a championship game, a uh, championship that way? I don't know. That, that sort of remains to be seen. But you can certainly win a whole hell of a lot of games and put yourself in a good position for the playoffs if you've got a dominant big man like Joel Embiid. All right. And you think about, you think about, you know, the dynamic duos, you know, like right away, Jordan and Pippen, right? 
but uh, you know, and, and Stockton and Malone, you can go all the way back and and find those two guys for pretty much every team in NBA history that's won a championship before Miami had the big three. Um, you know, it was pretty much like, oh, well, all you really need is the duo and some role, role players, right? But like now, all of a sudden, the league feels like, well, you need to have three. You need to have at least. Well, I think the Celtics kind of started that um, with Garnett, Pierce, and um, you know, I'm drawing a blank. Was that, was uh, Chris Bosh, LeBron, and D Wade? That was after. That was that. Ray Allen, and that was Ray Allen. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, yeah Ray Allen. But that was sort but of anyhow. parallel. Like the there was the Heat sort of triple threat. And he did it right after. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, like. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think you need three. I definitely think you need two. I don't two. think you need two. Yes. So or who's our you need to have the right combination. And I think the right combination, too, is important. I think we saw that Embiid and Ben Simmons might not have been the right combination because I think that there is such a specific way that Ben Simmons plays that does not necessarily complement the way that Joel Embiid plays. And I think that everybody sort of said that as they were coming along. Um I think that had the Sixers invested in a true point guard earlier in their progress, earlier in the process, so to speak, I think what I you're think seeing they is Maxi might be a but... B-plus point guard right now. And if they had had an A-minus point guard, they may have been able to, to win a title by now. Yeah, maybe. The, the thing is, is like you're, so you're one and you're two. Right. I mean, like, look at all those guys you named, right? All those duos that you named throughout our childhoods, you know, going back. None of those ones or twos were what you would consider a one dimensional player, right? Like, none of them didn't play defense and none of them didn't play offense. And, you know, yeah, notice he didn't say Dennis Rodman anywhere in there. Well, he was a three. I mean, wouldn't. Wouldn't you say and one dimensional is more? Yeah, but he's important. yeah, but he yeah, was not one the one or the two. Spot, but, so spot. Ben Simmons cannot be a one or a two because he doesn't play half of the game of basketball, right? Right. Yeah. He and the the thing is, we don't and we don't even know if he could play half of the game of basketball because he refuses to take part in half of the game of basketball. Well, so then let me ask you this: Can James Harden be a one or a two? Because does he not play half of the game of basketball? What is defensive skills? I mean, suspect? I'm just asking. I mean, is that is that part of a like, James Harden has been part of a one and two scenario for many many years of his career, and I don't see any rings. All right. Well, you know, look at Ben Simmons. Back to him, though. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily say that he plays one half of the game of basketball. I mean, when the dude okay. was with the Sixers, how many points did he average? You know what I mean? It was like 18, 19 a game. You know how many assists did that guy average? He, was, I don't, he did. I, he did distribute. I don't know. I look at double, up. double, triple, know. double all the time. I mean, you know, I don't think it's fair to pigeonhole Ben Simmons as a one-dimensional player because he didn't shoot the three, or you know, he's a shitty foul shooter. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad foul shooters out there. You know what I mean? That are still really high-producing offensive players and high-functioning defensive players too. So I don't think it's I, I don't think we should slight Ben Simmons. Um, and his abilities as a well-rounded basketball player, but there's definitely flaws to his game. But there's flaws to everybody's game, um, except Joel Embiid. There's no flaws right now <laughs> with that guy's game. <laughs> I think the interesting thing about the idea of bringing in a guy like Harden, and yeah, you're right. You know, maybe he is – I think that you could get him to play enough defense if he bought into what was going on here. 
and Harden but also, would definitely complement Joel Embiid much better than Ben. Would be able to sort of back up that that deficiency. It's hard to back up a lack of offensive efficiency um, when you're depending on your role players to score more of the points. Ben Simmons um, is a 16 point per game uh, player until last year, where he was a 14 point per game player. Okay. Rebounds, assists. I'm sure that's in there somewhere. I mean, yes, he has rebounds. He has assists. I mean, like that's his whole that's that's his whole game, right? I play defense and I pass the ball. I'm like, okay. Do you think that there is a team in the NBA that can feature Ben Simmons as their number no. one star? Is no. Ben Simmons the type of guy that could carry a team? No. And that right there, every GM in the NBA has the exact same response, and that's why he hasn't been traded. He does not carry the same value that the the Sixers want to get back because of – I know. I really desperately don't want to have a, like, Ben Simmons trade podcast. Right. It it always turns into that because it's the thing. It's like the thing that's missing from, like, from – our Sixers lives right now is this trade. Like, please make it happen or no, please hold out and and find out like, what's the maximum value you can, you can get maybe like in the off season, he'll put a bunch of like gym hype videos out (laughs) and someone will be like, Oh my gosh, look, he's got a jump shot. Now let's, let's mortgage our future for, for Ben Simmons. Um, And it, and it makes you so crazy. And Oh my God, I just realized my, um, we're, we have a, we're featuring a new segment tonight. Uh, it's sort of the return of the penalty box in a little bit different format. And I just realized my, my penalty box, uh, nominee is slightly like a, adjacent to this Ben Simmons situation, but, um, has the, has the, the clutch sports, like what did they just destroy Ben Simmons? Like what, <laughs> you don't hear anybody, anything like there's nothing. It's just he's like a ghost. Nothing out of Rich Paul. Nothing out of Rich Paul. <laughs> Do you think like Ben, like Embiid's like you know Ben? If I can't be next to you, I'll take the ghost of you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> are you insinuating that Ben could come back? No, he's not coming back. But it's just like you're like a, he's like a ghost. I, like what? <laughs> I no one knows anything. Like, the no... whole thing ended. When Embiid and those guys went out there to be like, "Come on, man, let's let's give it one more run," you know, let's put all this shit behind us and, and let's go, like, and it didn't nah. pan out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. At that point, I think the rest of the team was like, "We, we have to do our jobs, and if you're not going to play, well, you saw the new thing that was like, we're going to." There was go like some new quote right. out from him that that something that they were like, "Well, yeah, they did try to Doc Rivers did try to like reach out to me, but." I felt like they could have done more. He could have come to the gym that I worked. Yeah, he out didn't at. go to the gym in uh, San Fernando Valley or wherever he like, was. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are you an idiot? They could have done more. They could have done what more. Is they this? could have done more. So it's but so yeah, crazy. He's... But um, I will say though, like you know, the Embiid fever. Like I had Embiid fever. Like all like for the last two weeks, I've just been like Embiid. Embiid. Like since the since the fifty point game. Um, it was so great. I got to come on uh, party on broad that night and talk a little bit about, about that game and my experience watching it. But like, since that night, I've just gobbled up like every Sixers game. I was just like, I just got to watch more and be more and be more and be. And um, 
Monday morning, I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the Sixers game tonight. I'm going to get tickets. I want to see Embiid and John Morant play. And then, I mean, literally, while I was like cruising through StubHub, the news came out that Embiid wasn't going to play. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to go. Like, I would have loved to like see John Morant, but I was like, I'm not going to go. And I mean, God bless Tyrese Maxey made me regret that decision all night long. I mean, I mean, the kid he is just great. Out. Yep. Embiid loves him, obviously. I yeah. mean, nothing made me happier. The only thing that made me happier than than them winning the game, Maxi, you know, tying a career high, was like Embiid running out of the tunnel to celebrate with him. It brought me such joy. I don't know. This team's just really making me happy lately. Now, does a game like Monday night for Maxi? make him untouchable in any sort of trade discussions over the course of the next week, week and a half. Does that kind of seal the deal and be like, dude, we're not, we're not letting this dude out of Philly. Or does it make, make Daryl Morley get on the phone? Gene, you go first. I want to hear what you uh, have to say first. I, I think, and I mean, just from what I've seen of the NBA and especially in Sixers recent past, I think if you are sort of trending up and trending like strongly up this close to the to the trade deadline, it makes more sense, especially if you don't have like a glaring hole to stand pat. I think that the Sixers have made the mistake of pushing all in and and overpaying for stars at this point in the season couple of times in the recent past and this might be the time the way just the way this team is constructed to roll with what you have can keep all of your assets and see what you can do right now in the east um i don't think that there's another team in the east that is certainly not in the east maybe there's a, a western team that might be you know that grizzlies team is very very good um I don't think this, there's any team in the East that you're like, well, we, we're, we're not going to get past them. We can't beat them. So if, if you feel like you can stand up to anybody else in a, in, a, in a series in the playoffs, especially now that you are this close to even being able to, if you keep, keep playing well, you could end up as the, the, home, the home court one seed for the whole playoff. I don't think you you mess with it. The one thing you can absolutely palpably see with this team is that they have chemistry and that they're clicking right now. Why would you want to take away, especially like your your point guard, to bring in somebody else that you now have to spend weeks getting ramped up? Just look back to last year at the way when Brooklyn sort of brought in what on paper should have been a, a team that just you just pencil into the title. You know, or pencil into at least to the to the finals. It never it never gelled. It never clicked. It never worked on the court the way that they expected it to. Uh, they they weren't even playing together. Dominant players. You know, you need time for that sort of thing to work. Uh, Joel Embiid is playing. He's a great player, playing the best basketball of his life right now. Um, you've got a young guy in uh, in, in Maxi who's under financial control right now. Why would you want to walk away from all of the things that he's? Well, I think if you're with? a if you're a I want to keep Maxi person, I, you know, you, you one you're probably in the majority in Philadelphia the way we fall in love with like scrappy uh, players. 
But I, I would be concerned with Daryl Morey captaining the ship because I, wasn't he the one who said, if you believe you have a 10% chance at a title, you have to go for it. So that is, I that is a certainly point. think the Sixers are in that above that 10% threshold um, that, you know, if the right offer comes along, you know, he, you know, he may go for it. Maxi is going to be a serviceable player in the NBA for, you know, 15, 20 years, you know, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be too eager to move on from him. It was a great, 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 great draft pick. I mean, how often do you say that in Philadelphia where it's like a late round first pick? It's like, oh my gosh, you got to steal out of the draft. So it doesn't happen that often. I would love to keep him. I mean, like I would love to, to see him, you know, stay, you know, grow as a, grow as a sixer. I mean, it's like one of those things. It's just like, you just get so nervous. Like if he trained him to Brooklyn or something and then he's a perennial all-star, you're just like, oh my God. I just don't think you can get value back right now without sort of putting it into some mega package that includes. But but I think the other side of it is, is like, what do you think? What do you like? All right, look, you're going to give it your all this year as far as like the players that you have. You might add some buyout options or whatever later in the season. Just for that, mega that's deals. what you need. You need a deeper bench. <clears throat> Price of mega deal is not going to happen, but. <clears throat> Like, what do you think is going to happen with the Ben Sim? Like, not you, but like you. Like, what do you, the Sixers, think is going to happen with this Ben Simmons situation in the off season? And that's going to determine what you want to do now. Because if you think like, okay, Harden, like Harden wants to be a Sixer, like I don't know where the hell that come from, but that's that's what's floating around, right? That's what people are talking about. Like he doesn't want to sign an option and he wants to, you know, play with him beat like, okay, cool. Like, I guess, but like, so if you think that's going to somehow metastasize, you know, then it's like, okay, well, we just keep our assets. I, I mean, but that think- also sounds a lot to me, like the same thing you hear from guys that want to push the team that they're on to really up the ante. That sounds like, so much agency. Really? Because I feel like when they say they want to do this shit, they just wind up end up doing it themselves. Well, James Harden doesn't have an agent. He is his own agent. <laughs> so he's the he's the guy that's calling all of those shots and all right. Well, there you ramping go. up that hype train. I mean, I'm sure he's got a publicity staff and an image consultant and whomever else is telling him to grow that that beard. But like, you know, <laughs> I I don't I don't think this is agents in play for specifically speaking about James Harden. I think it's it's pretty much all him and his hype machine around him. Do you think that that would work? Do you think that Harden, Embiid, that's an Eastern Conference championship team, that's an NBA championship team? Harden, Embiid with Maxi running point? Yes. I would ha- – I would. <laughs> it is interesting, though. I would be kind of – I would be kind that of interested to see how Embiid reacts to – playing with a another mega star legit, legit. Like, like MVP candidate on his level because he's kind of had the rule of the roost in Philadelphia like he could do whatever he wants like if he wants to hold the ball he can there's not like another player that's really like demanding ball if you're going to say like Ben Simmons is the best player that Embiid's played with well Ben Simmons isn't demanding the ball ever so right. Embiid can basically do whatever he wants. Harden will dribble the air out of the ball. And, you know, if Embiid's fighting on the block that whole time, okay, if you're winning, maybe it's great. If you're not winning, maybe it's not so great. 
I mean, Embiid might see James space Harden, on the floor that he's chance. never seen before with that, though. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. You're right. Like he's got to put that. Like, but they all got to put it aside if they want to win a if they want to win a championship. Obviously, I mean, that's just got to happen. Yeah. I mean, is Doc Rivers the guy to manage these egos and see them to the promised land? Yeah, you can't know, change coaches now. Not no. Not no one's saying to change the coach unless you're, unless you're on WIP. But <laughs> I'll tell you who uh, I think we all know who wasn't the guy to manage those egos. Yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I was driving home from the gym today. The King uh, suggested that the Sixers absolutely must trade Joel Embiid this offseason. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, NBA oh, teams this is why Joel people Embiid listen to podcasts. For. Great. <laughs> it's a hot take. <laughs> I wouldn't take all of the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Sixers are a half game out of first place in the East. How crazy is that? Yeah. They love it. Yeah, they love and it. if they're if they're the one seed and Joel Embiid is not the MVP of the league, I I don't know what. Oh, we didn't even we didn't I don't even know what talk the MVP about of the league means at that point. Dude, we didn't even talk about Shaq and Shaq's comments. Oh, I yeah. didn't talk about Shaq, we... we didn't talk about his comments. You you invoked his name. <laughs> True. We say it one more time. He shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say he's gonna <laughs> just as a genie. What did Shaq say? What were his comments? I honestly don't remember. Oh, you didn't see it or hear it. I probably did, and I just am. He basically, he basically said, and Nigo, you can kind of add to this if I if I miss anything. He basically just said like, Embiid took the criticism that we and other people gave him, and he used it productively, and he plays hard, and that's why he likes him. Unlike his, I think I think he said his soft partner. Um, he, He kept calling him the other guy. He's like the other guy's a crybaby. Cry like, I would get rid yeah. of him. I don't respect that guy, and basically nope. just took a big old poop all over Ben Simmons on TNT in a nationally televised game. And that was an Embiid love fest. That TNT it, oh, coverage. It was. That was the Especially, Lakers game. Yeah, and they gobbled it up too. When Embiid's like, you know, I, I definitely didn't play a very good game and everything. God, you oh, dropped yeah. like twenty six <laughs> points, eleven rebounds. You know. Just, you know, yeah, authoritative yeah. control of the paint, but it wasn't his best game. And that's Embiid being humble, Embiid being humble, and you know, it, it's it's really it's it's really incredible to watch Embiid, his evolution as a player, his evolution as a person. You know, the way that he trash talks himself into this elite conversation of you know NBA mega superstars. You know, but more so to get the accolades from the elder statesmen of the NBA, somebody like Shaq. You know, and Charles Barkley and all those guys. You know, I know they're all knuckleheads in some degree, you know, from a journalistic perspective, but it's great to hear their opinions and it's great to hear them talk about Embiid this way, you know. But yeah, Ben Simmons, man. Shaq called him a crybaby. Who, who <laughs> where's he going to play where he's going to get any respect at this stage of the game? Yeah, because where, it's good. Like that baggage is there, okay. you know, unless he is going to reinvent himself. The baggage is there, and people are looking through that that dirty laundry the second you get off the plane yeah. in town. I don't know. I mean, I think he's convinced that he's going to end up a Laker. I don't know what could how that could possibly work out, but I think that he is he might be absolutely banished to the Kings he's before be a he's a Laker. I don't. And it's don't looking know. like the fact Ben is looking like by signing that deal that he signed, he has really trapped himself. In this situation, I thought if the he was Hawks this hell bent on getting out, he absolutely should not have signed that extension. 
Yeah, I thought the Hawks would be a good a good landing spot for him. Um, but yeah, I think that that actually would that, be a good. That was that John Collins him. deal, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a great deal for us. I just feel like that would have been a good landing spot for Ben. And if I was, if I, if I was, if I cared at all about Ben Simmons, that would be kind of like I think. A good, I always a good thought that DC him. would also be a good market for him too. I feel like that's a very like whatever yeah fan base, you know what i'm I mean? with you gene yeah. though lakers would be his would, would be his best bet to get as far away from philly as possible perhaps be protected by somebody like lebron but there's you know, pressure from there's an pressure perspective in LA. yeah there's pressure but you know it's Look, like there's, a, there's there's a championship expectation pressure. year in and year out in la Unless i mean, i think he's got to go like hide somewhere Pace. Yeah, but if he goes and hides somewhere in a smaller market, they're going to expect him to be the guy, and he's never going to be the guy. Whereas I feel like if you're going to hide somewhere, go hide on a team like the Lakers where you're you yeah, know, but not I mean, like, expected but, to yeah, but, as much. I, I don't know. I, 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 that's why I thought the Hawks would be good for him because he's got like another star. He doesn't have to be a primary scorer. And if they lose, people are just like, oh, well, bam, uh, Georgia football. You know, like I don't yeah. – Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You. Like – LA, the Lakers is LA. It's, it's, yeah, it's, sure. it's I mean, that's, Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, all right. <laughs> we'll cry, baby. Let's get rid of him. Cry, baby. Um, cry, baby. Did you guys watch any football this weekend? No. Watch all the football this weekend. <laughs> no. No. Did, Dude, uh, how about football the last two weekends? My goodness uh, gracious. Yeah. It's just been. All the Angels and Saints. The games have been great, but I'll tell you what. The 2017 Eagles would just beat the tar out of all four of those teams that played last Sunday. Yeah, sure. What do you mean, yeah, sure? No, I meant, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's an outtake. Yeah, sure. So the most most crippling... The, uh, let's talk about the Niners game, the the Niners Rams game, and the dropped interception in the fourth quarter that really could have sent uh, the Niners to the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you want to what, what do you want to talk about? It? What what I, I, I want to talk about is would how how would a, a Philadelphia fan base react uh, to this? Would we be forgiving? Uh, would we be? Uh, Oh, death I think threats? You know the... Like what? What level of no, I think we know exactly how this goes. Ship We've that guy it. out of town with Ben Simmons. Yeah. They, whatever. I mean, six o'clock news the next day. If there's some guy in a fire, he's gonna say, you know, I would have caught that interception away. I caught that baby. Who was it? Tart. <laughs> What's that? What the player? What was his name? Tart. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it rhymes with a few things I know. So I think like, you know, obviously your distance from a championship has a lot to do with how you react in that situation. I mean, we saw it with the Eagles when uh, Alshon dropped the pass against the Saints the the year following uh, the Super Bowl. We were very forgiving of that situation and we should not have been. I think we zigged where we should have zagged there as a fan base. We thought we were evolving, but it's like, you know what? We had it right the first time. We should have just really just crushed them. 
Yeah, because yeah. that was really like that was there was no there was no high point in Alshon Jeffrey's Eagles career after that. It really was all downhill from there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the big on those poor little kids at that school wrote him that nice little note they did. saying that they, they did. He let him. He continued to let him down. Still believe in him. Yeah, I do feel what like that's a little passive aggressive. Do you have children write him a letter? Just, I mean, did you see the footage of him going into that school afterward? Boy, he was personality plus, nothing but smiles. <laughs> I think half the kids fell asleep when he walked into the classroom. <laughs> uh, what what else? What else from the weekend? Uh. Does does watch do does watching these games make you think uh, any differently about your opinion on on Jalen Hurts and like what the Eagles should do moving forward? No, but doesn't don't these Cincinnati Bengals kind of have echoes of that uh, underdog Eagles team? You know, they they're never they, supposed to beat the teams that they just keep they grinding do. out. A team these of wins. destiny. A team of destiny. Yeah, not. I put all right. my chips on the Bengals for for. Super Bowl Sunday. Their team of destiny. I'm not messing with destiny. Yeah. And how about Joe Burrow, man? And, uh, uh, echoes. Echoes of Broadway Joe Namath walking into the game with those tinted glasses and that little faux fur cardigan or whatever he was wearing. <laughs> Fancy. It just reminds Fancy. me a lot. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the 2017 Eagles in the sense like, okay, you had this second-year quarterback. Yep. Uh you know they're they're playing. You know they're they're exceeding expectations. Playing, I, with I mean, House I love money. Jamar Chase. Like I, I just think that team's a, a lot of yep. fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. there's, look, if you can go into Arrowhead and you could beat Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' wife and Patrick Mahomes' brother and 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 come out of there with a and win. Prior to that, yeah, going into and Tennessee, the, the number one beat seed the and beating them. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, man, I'm not messing with you, man. I got you. Got a chance against anybody? You could do that. And I'm always going to root for the like. Look, now that Philly won a Super Bowl, I will root for every city that does not have a Super Bowl because I did not know how great life was until we won a Super Bowl. And every city and every fan base deserves it. And I'm going to do the same bullshit that I do with Washington Nationals fans with the goddamn Rams fans. So listen, you can only be a Rams fan. In L.A., if you meet a very specific set of criteria, one, you have to be so old that you remember <laughs> the Rams from when they were in L.A., and then they Jim moved Everett. to St. Louis, and now they moved back. So you were that old. Or you're like a five-year-old or younger when the Rams moved to L.A. and you started to become a football fan. Now, if you were anywhere in between five and like – I don't know, how old would you have to be to be a Rams fan, like an L.A. Rams fan, like an OG original – I think Eric I think you're Dickerson. like six, 62 and over. No, come on. They were, they were in no, the there when we were, were kids. When we were right? kids. I would so, say you probably have to be in your 40s. You know, you'd probably be like 50 years old, right? Yeah. Like <clears throat> mid to, mid to late 40s or up. So if you're a 30 year old, I like I don't know what fan in LA you were. Like I don't know if you were like a Raiders fan or a Chargers. I think there were a fan. lot of Niners fans because there were a lot of Niners, Niners fans fan. in that stadium. Um, there were you weren't no Rams fan with them playing in St. Louis. So, I mean, you're not legit if you're a Rams fan. Like, I don't know. That's just my opinion. The only fan I am is, have you ever seen that clip of Jim Everett when he goes on the Jim Rome show in like 90? He's calling him Chris Everett. <laughs> until, until Jim Everett <laughs> literally puts <laughs> knocks Jim Rome through a chair and, and 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 looks like he's going to beat him senseless. 
one of my favorite things to watch when I'm feeling down. <laughs> it is so fun to watch him just both of them, like the stones on Jim Rome to keep pushing it. And then <laughs> I love when a guy like Jim Everett's like, I, I don't really care. I am gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock this dude out. Yeah, you know, oh, it was uh, so good to uh, watch national national sports, you know, interviews back in the day. They're so ugh, now. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's like, I mean, like, look, <laughs> what what a baby. I mean, uh, Jim Rome is calling a, a, a girl's name. Like, what <laughs> what are you doing? You deserve to get knocked out for being a for being a jerk. But Chris Everett dealing with a. Uh, cancer situation i didn't realize yeah yeah well it, you know not to bring it down too much the right, other guys, thing i wanted well, to say about, uh, for about the rams <laughs> um do you think that there is a pocket in st louis like of the old st louis rams and so strange to call them the old st louis rams you know the warner fans the the great yeah. fans oh. are they also going back to their same bar and super psyched to see Matt Stafford take the Rams to the Super Bowl. Oh, you mean St. Louis? Yeah. Like, do you think oh, that like under they the arch, like at those bars, those guys are all super psyched? Or are they all Bengals fans right now? Like, if, if I mean, if I'd be a Bengals fan. How would you feel if the Eagles Bowl, went someplace else? Would we all still be rooting for the Eagles? Uh, so, interesting I mean, question. The if the Eagles get back, which, which seems if the like Eagles moved, robbery. If the Eagles moved – out from under you, what team would you be a fan of? Interesting. Ah, jeez. So, you know, I would be a fan of the Buffalo Bills. I enjoy that team. I enjoy their fan base, too. I can yeah. relate to them. They're wild. They're wild up there. I might be a Jets fan. Yeah, see, that's one of the things I was sort of like, Jets sort of Same makes color. sense. Uh, right color, not the Giants. I can't be a commander's fan. Um, I'd go with a fan base that I could, you know, get behind. You know, good, rabid. Bill's Mafia? You like Bill's Mafia? Smash Mouth. Yeah, I, you know, I respect them. You know, I can understand where they're I mean, the logical from. choice, if you were, you know, in, uh, I don't know, Wyoming listening to this podcast, you'd be like, oh, you'd be a Steelers fan. Yeah, but we all know Steelers fans, and we don't want to be anything like. It doesn't them. work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I once got my hair cut by I a barber who was a Dolphins. Like I couldn't fan. be a Ravens fan because I know a lot of Ravens fans. I don't like them. Wait, Nico, what did you get? Your haircut in my own? I got my hair cut a few years ago by a, a barber here in the greater Philadelphia metro area, and he was a Dolphins fan for crying out loud. Oh, are you originally from Florida? No, I'm from around here. The hell makes you a Dolphins fan? Marino kid. He was like a Marino guy, probably. No, yeah, he was too young to be a Marino guy. Anyhow. Colors guy. Completely. Like the colors. Topic. Maybe he likes the colors. I like the colors guy. Yeah. Uh Gene, you dropped the uh you dropped the Commodores on us. What uh or no commanders. Yeah, just, commanders. I think commanders. it's commanders, right? Yeah. Well, is that a fish? I thought that they alert. that's gonna be tomorrow, but yeah, I was just gonna say. So it is the commandos. I've seen I've <laughs> seen some photos. Yeah, I got it pictures. here. I got it. I got it. Hold on. Yeah, I'll, I told you about up. those photos. <laughs> a very aptly, opportunely placed pinstripe right down the, uh, All right, hold the on. commandos. There oh, they are. Look at this. 
The Commanders. Commanders. All right. So really, the new thing I'll be is... calling them Commandos for the next uh, 30, 40 years. So is the new thing just a W? Like, do they have a logo? There it is. It's just a W. It's it like looks a like folded... that, like... It looks like something I would draw my copybook in high school, doodling. It's like I a, uh, you it's a fortune stuff in high school. It looks like a fortune from art. a fortune cookie. You crack open yeah. a fortune cookie. Oh, that's yeah. inside. It's ribbon. It's ribbon art. It's it's, it's a ribbon art. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a terrible name. This is a terrible that logo. We waited two years to get it. Well, we haven't. We could care less. I actually got commander? I actually started to I think they should have come around the bend on calling them the football team. What is a commander? It's the guy that's in command. Is yeah, it even a who, thing? Somebody who makes commands. <laughs> is it even a thing? I'm I'm seriously like, is it a thing? It's a, is it a real word. It's a rank. commander. Yeah. It's, it's, a it's a military rank. rank. It's a, it's a it's a naval rank. Yeah. Naval Where is, is in it the fall? orange like, or naval is in the? Uh, isn't that a commodore? I think that's also a thing, but I think that's if you're in the British Navy. Oh my god, this, is terrible. this sucks. Gene, you are a wealth of knowledge. This, this, I could be wrong. I'm sucks. literally just making this up as I go along. No, you're right, Gene. You're right. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. I think it looks like ribbon art, and I think they should have been the commandos. Like, why isn't there like a ship or a cannon? Show us or... the pants. Show us. Is this guy? Uh, well, is this guy going to get sued? Because like we did the Washington bullets thing and. That whole whole thing got sort of nixed. Or why isn't it a W name? Like, why aren't they the warships or the warthogs or the? I think that yeah, I thought that they were going to do a play on the pig. In like, way. where was because the I committee? Know that that's that this is where they landed. Like, you had no other names. This shirt is terrible. It's phallic. <laughs> you got this yeah, big obelisk. Like, I've seen better designs in MS Paint. Mm. If I was I do a like fan the of the art. Washington football team, I would be very <laughs> disappointed. I would say, I'm going to keep my Washington football team gear, and I'm not going to root for the Commanders. I'm going to be an FFT, WFT for life. Commandos. Um, let's talk a little baseball. No. Yes. Is there anything to talk about? I'm just about kidding. Yeah, of course. Of Let's course. talk a little, little a little baseball because I'm getting a little sad today. A little small ball. I'm a little sad because, I, you know, there was another player, you know, uh, ownership uh, players association meeting today, and it did not go well. Yeah. And it's looking really, you know, it's going to be, it's hard to believe that games aren't going to be canceled at this point. Um. And it's making me sad because, like, I need baseball in my life. Like, I just, I just need it. And uh, we had the uh, we had the Hall of Fame announcement um, last week, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And Big Poppy's going to the Hall of Fame, which is which is great and very well deserved. It's fine, of course. Very well but deserved. Yeah. yeah, why not? I don't know. Although, doesn't, although doesn't play in the field. Oh, come on. He only plays half the, the game whole... of baseball. You go, come on. So did most pitchers. No, what? Terrible defense. Well, the, the Hall of Fame should be exactly what it calls itself. The Hall of Fame, right? I, you know, this, this could the most be famous players get in. Yeah, the most famous. Look what, he, look what Big Poppy did for, uh, you know, 
his generation of uh, crappy fielding first baseman. Look what he did. Put him on the no, map. I mean, like, sort of to Nico's point, if the Hall of Fame really did sort of embody that fame part of its moniker, just think of some of the people that would be in that, you know, in there that are definitely never going to be in there. Yeah, Rex the Wonder Dog. Yeah. Len Dykstra. <laughs> That that was basically no, my like the poster child of what I was thinking. Who? Lenny Dykstra? Yeah. That's a guy like that will never like that. be in the Hall of Fame for any sort of his uh, you know, not a bad player, a really good player, but certainly no, more but a player that definitely personified the game than talent era of <laughs> Jose Canseco. Jose Canseco is never going to be in the Hall of Fame. But he but was he absolutely should. the most famous baseball player that's ever owned a car wash in America. And of the obvious ones, you know, the like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, for them to not be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I've I've had a uh, come on, Pete Rose. I've had an evolution of opinion about that, and I think that the they should have made them wait until their last year of eligibility, and then yes. voted, just voted them in. Sweat it out a little bit. Right? But I, I also think Pete Rose all should be in for too. that sort of. I agree. You know, as the Hall of Fame, marking on their plaques, like telling the story of that era of baseball, saying that there was this, which is why I said what I said. I know I. I didn't want to, I dismissed myself by just like kind of like making a half-assed joke, but like, it is true. The hall of fame is what it's supposed to be. You know, these are players that personified what that game, what the game was the brightest uh, talents, maybe, you know, but the brightest personalities and, you know, kind of really defined what the game was in their specific time and place. You know, you got to put them in there. I mean, they were, they helped write the history of the game. Gene, if I said to you, what is the what is the all-time home run record? Like, what is the number? Who has hit the most home runs? What is the number? What 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 do you think of? I still like like what event? Like, do I like what number? Mind? If I say like who hit the most home runs? How many home runs did he hit? I don't know the number, honestly. I did for a long time when it was Hank Aaron's. It was yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? What do you say? Seven fifty-five, right? Right. Yeah. Do I even have the right number? I think I think like the to break it it was like seven fifty six, but like when yeah, I still so think about that event, I think about Hank Aaron running the bases. I I can't conjure up an image in my mind. You don't think of like Barry Bonds breaking that 26 record twenty six or something that Barry Bonds hit? You think seven fifty five? I can't even I can't even see in my mind. Like I see in my mind. Hank Aaron's home run when he when he broke the record. That's what Gene just said. Yeah, but yeah, you can't picture yeah. Barry Bonds running the bases on him. No, but I but is it because no one just ever shows it? Yeah, I mean it's Probably, basically yeah. been sort of like purged. Same with Sosa, same with McGuire. It's just when crazy because records. I don't because know, Barry like Bonds are the next generation all of those records now. He's got the like, single season record, he has the, the overall record. He's got he's got so many records. It's basically like that's the thing that is the most annoying about the the Barry Bond situation, and most annoying about him as a person. He would have been a Hall of Fame player if he didn't do any of this stuff. And the other thing is nobody we've never nobody's ever proven that he did. I mean, other than the fact that we have eyes and can see it, 
But, you know, I mean, like, that's, the, you know, there was never some sort of investigation. And that's a fault of baseball. Like, you never have, you know, they, I think they tried to sort of have their cake and eat it too. Um, and I think that's a lot of baseball fans' problem now is baseball needed McGuire and Sosa. They needed Barry Bonds to sort of resurrect baseball from the ashes that was the 94 strike. They are cruising towards having a similar problem right now if they don't watch themselves. You baseball fans can be very fickle and hold a grudge. It doesn't take much to piss us off. And the main thing that pisses us off is take away baseball. I still get upset about thinking about the fact that 1994 doesn't have a World Series. That really irritates me. I mean, like, can you can you imagine a year this year without seeing Shohei Otani, without seeing Bryce Harper, without seeing Mike Trout, without seeing Fernando Tatis? Like, I just can't even imagine a summer without this this game. No, I mean, like last summer, like I don't even know how we did it. Ninety four brought me sort of through the summer. Like it was the thing that I could always go to every day. It's, I mean, that's true of all the always but like really with everything that's happening in the world like there is no better escape for me than to be like okay it's 705 i'm just gonna go watch the phil's game for a couple hours i can put everything else away i can put everything else aside and i can be within the game of baseball you know oh and all these games this year we're gonna start at six o'clock it was gonna be great yeah oh i love that even more What what is the what's the sticking point? Do we know like what's the main know. sticking point right now? I don't know. There's a lot. There's there's a lot of conversations around uh, service time. Um, you know, but like ultimately, I don't care. Whatever, just play right. ball. Just figure please. it out. Figure it out, please. Just figure it out. Um, well, Do we want to talk a little, just a second, about World Series odds. And how insane those seem to be? Um, we could. Um, Do you agree or disagree, sort of just in the NL East numbers, that the Mets have better odds to win the World Series than the Braves? Well, I think if the Braves sign Freddie Freeman, that, that number is going to change. Um, but I don't know how. It's weird to it's weird to even have these odds because, like, you don't know what we don't like, even free know agency have hasn't season. happened. Yeah. And we don't even know how many games are going to be played. It's just going to be – I mean, you had to be a maniac to bet on this stuff now. I mean, I guess if you get – there's opportunity. We could put it that way. I just don't know how you can intelligently uh, place a wager on this with, like, so many unknown variables that are still, like, in swirl right now. So you don't um, put a lot of stock in those numbers yet? I just think they're all bad odds right I feel now. Like it's, it's, incom- it's incomplete. It's incomplete. I just think it's a bad bet. I mean, like, I'm not a great gambler, but I just think it's a, it's, they're all like bad wagers right now. It's, I mean, I, in, are over unders out? I mean, the cap, can you even do that? Right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because you don't know what the total is going to be. I don't know if those are out or not, but it'd be an interesting bet. Um, but the Eagles are, I mean, the Eagles, the Phillies are what, uh, plus 4,000 uh, <laughs> to win the World Series. So if you, yeah, third know. in the East. Feel like behind the Braves and if you're feeling squirrely. I think, I'm it's, feeling I think it's not a bad bet, actually. I don't gamble, but yeah, I'm feeling squirrely. <laughs> uh, 
Bengals are getting for so the next time. So we're gonna we're gonna move to a, a an every other week format, bi weekly format for this uh, for this show. So we're gonna talk next the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. So what are your? I mean, Bengals are getting four. What are your predictions for the Super Bowl while we're at it? Oh, they're gonna win. They're gonna win. Who's gonna win? The Bengals. The bang. The bang. As as Mike Missanelli would say, outright. Outright. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I put my money where my mouth is. That's I actually did put a little scratch down on the Bengals and the points. I think the Bengals are going to win outright, too. And you give me four points as well, I'm in. I put a wager on the Bengals to win outright. I put a wager on the Bengals with four points. And then I put a little uh, – uh, uh, if you follow Mark and Philly on Twitter, uh, who also does some work on the painted lines, he's got some good – He's got some really great gambling advice. Uh, Help me win some money on on Championship Sunday. And uh, he tuned me into uh, Matt Stafford over 278 yards passing. Ooh, I love that. I yeah. actually took the over, too. I think the over was uh, 49 and a half. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move to our new segment. We've, we've done the penalty box before. Um, but now we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to we're go into the world of boxing and we're going to do, uh, <laughs> Mickey's Mickey's KO corner. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I liked you better when you was carrying spit. <laughs> <laughs> where do you want to go? Where do you want to go first, Mick? You're a bum. <laughs> I'll, I want to listen to that bum gene. And hear what he has to say. What are you chirping about sitting there in the basement of Veterans Stadium? Let's hear what you have to say, Gino. So, uh, if I could knock somebody out, and uh, I yeah. often have this feeling, going back Gino to Jamie's knock, Sunday, knock I'm glad that we didn't block off. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't we didn't talk about this already. And I've done a little a little you know work on um, on the broadcasting side of broadcasting games. Um, and I've produced, you know, college football games from from the studio and uh, high school football games from the studio. And one of the things that I always strive for is making sure that the the people that I was producing, you know, the guys that were on 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 site, the the talent, so to speak, that they could be heard. Now, granted, I, I worked in radio. It was really important in a in a in a in a medium like radio that you're. Your voice is heard over what's happening, happening in the stadium. Uh, maybe in television you can get away with it a little bit more, but if you were watching the the Kansas City and and Cincinnati game on Sunday, they went at halftime on the field to the to the to the to the booth crew or what is normally the studio crew on the sidelines, and you were treated to fancy like Applebee's instead of being able to hear anything else that those guys were saying. So not only do I want to knock out the guy that sings that goddamn song, because it is so goddamn annoying, but I want to find whoever was making these decisions that was like, you know, I think for a different look, we'll put them right in the middle of the halftime show and make sure that nobody hears their nonsense commentary anyway. So that would be a great thing to make, put on people's televisions for 10 minutes while they're waiting for the bathroom at their AFC championship party. 
So if I could knock somebody out, it's going to be first the guy that sings that dumb song, and hopefully I knock him into the guy that made the decision to put that booth crew on the field for Championship Sunday. Put them in a booth. Put them in a studio. Put them outside the stadium. Don't put them in the middle of a concert. All right, Gene. Go soak your head. Soak it good. <laughs> You're a greasy, fast, 140-pound Polish tank. You'll run over him. God, it was greasy been a long fast. time since I've been 140 pounds of anything. No. 165. <laughs> Moving up in weight class, weight. huh? Phantom weight. Phantom <laughs> weight. <laughs> All right, Dave, what are you smiling about? Get to work. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put. The, I, I, I'll never hit a woman, but Rich Paul's girlfriend deserves a, a, a KO uh, for for her actions uh, over the past couple of weeks. Adele who I have had experiences with in canceling Ooh. shows, cancels her her Vegas show the day before. The day before opening night was supposed to happen, she cancels this show. You mean to tell me a big Vegas strip show one day before doesn't know if it can go on or not? Even a week before? Even two weeks before? It doesn't know if it's on schedule to go on? Meanwhile, you got people spending thousands and thousands of dollars for these tickets, making travel arrangements, booking flights, booking hotels, getting getting childcare figured out. For God's sakes, a lot of those people were already in Vegas to see this show when she canceled it. You think they're going to be able to get their money back? You think they're going to be able to get their money back on the secondary market? You think they're going to be able to get their money back on the tertiary market? You know how many times these tickets have been sold and resold and changed hands? And now she says she's going to reschedule the show dates? Well, I've been through a canceled Adele show before. And let me tell you something. She's not going to reschedule those show dates. This is going to go on for months and months and months. And then she's just going to cancel it. And then good luck getting your money back for all of these arrangements you made to sing, to, to see her sing. So uh, for that, I want to I, I, I want to KO Adele. Dave, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Women weaken legs. <laughs> Put her out. Put her on the ground. <laughs> Mickey, would you? Are you gonna KO anyone this week? I'm gonna turn it over to my co-host before I lose my voice. It's <laughs> a good All right. call. You know who I'm? Do you know who I'm gonna KO? The greatest quarterback of all time, Tom friggin' Brady. Oh. Okay. Okay, you retire. You want to retire? You kind of retire. I'm gonna tell people I'm gonna retire. Maybe I won't retire. Oh, I'm gonna retire all in the span of 48 hours. That's fine. You do you. I respect Tom Brady. I respect what he's done for the NFL. I respect what he's done as a global icon. Totally cool. But of all of the people that he thanked in that entire litany of an Instagram post, I think it was like 15 pages or something. And this is low-hanging fruit, but whatever. This is what I'm bringing to the table. To not even mention one iota of New England and the time that you spent there and the 50,000 championships that you won in New England. Didn't even thank the Patriots fans. Didn't even thank Robert Kraft. Didn't even thank Bill Belichick. Not even one ounce of recognition to New England did Tom Brady give in that 
bitch fest of a letter saying that he's finally retiring and moving on and going out to pasture. So for that, I would like to gently tap Tom Brady's jaw. If he was standing in front of me right now, I'd probably go and try to shake his hand and be all googly-eyed. But if we're talking about kicking some ass, I'd kick his ass. Ooh. Thank you. For Ooh. Thank you. Ben. That was a fun one. I like that. Yeah, did you like that? Did yeah. you like that? Yeah, I think we'll keep this. I think we'll keep this. Stuff. <laughs> You're gonna have to uh, maybe drink uh, some uh, tea with honey before the show, maybe. Oh Your yeah, maybe, yeah. I'll, I'll have to do a vocal warm up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll do a vocal. <clears throat> all right. Well, we have reached the hour mark. That is all the time we have for this week. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we'll be doing Super Bowl recap. Uh, probably just like a ton more Sixers talk. Uh, we'll have uh, what some uh, Olympics under our belt at that point. So. Uh, we'll yeah. certainly have a, a, a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, so join us uh, join us in two weeks. Uh, until that time, if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out The Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Um, and also check out The Painted Lines on YouTube uh, and Facebook for wall-to-wall Philly sports coverage. Um, until we see you again, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.